Thanks, bro. All right, here we go. Pat, you on first? How are you doing? Father, we are Father, we are grateful for the opportunity that we can come and worship your name. Father, I, I thank you personally, Father, for the way that you breathe in your word through my son. Mm. I thank you so much, Father, for that. You are an awesome God. Mm. I worship you and praise you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in my family, in our community, and in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Mm. Thanks, Pop. Ooh-wee. All right, a lot of people have already asked, how long do we have the room? <laughs> uh, until we leave. I want to read this to you. It's a reminder for us to release the place. We remind folks, anytime that we go mobile, we love to move around. And it reminds me of when God would, would move through the cloud and that way He would show, this is where I want you to stay. This is where I want you to be, right? And you remember him doing that? So we love to move around. And so we have no idea how long we'll have the room. But I want you to look around in the necks that you hug. What creates a safe place, gang, is you. It's the people. And you'll never know that it's a safe place until you lay something out there that you don't want anybody to know. And see how they manage that for you and with you. And so most of the time, like what we're going to talk about tonight, it creates loneliness, it creates isolation. And what we're teaching one another, what we're learning together as a people, is that Christ really meant it through Paul's words when he said that we are to share each other's burdens. It doesn't say fix, it says share. And the burden, what that word means in the Greek, it's just this pressing in of life. And I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm pretty sure that life presses in on most of us, doesn't it? And so what we're experiencing is that when we release that and say that that's not our identity in Christ, that when crazy happens, that the joy that we start to feel from that is multiplied even more. And so I want to read these words just to kind of remind us about people being safe and that we'll move when God says, all right? It'd be, you'd find it in Numbers. It's all through Exodus. It's in Numbers. You don't have to go there. It's going to be real brief. And it says, Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. That's you. We're in camp. This is going to be a blast. You ready? All right, strap in. As Deb and everyone has said, the theme of the weekend was with God and with others, right? And so uh, when we got in, one of the first things that we, uh, when the leaders were meeting together is that we, our heart is to equip, and especially with our kids. They're in, the, they're in the, I believe, in the hardest mission field ever, schools. 
especially middle schoolers, after now having three to roll through middle school, it's just vicious. And so this camp was set up to, Jonathan Moore said it beautifully, because the, the first night when we got together, we're just we're walking them through this, and Jonathan said, what we're doing is instead of letting the kids come to a buffet and us serve them, we're handing them fishing poles and teaching them how to fish. And for a lot of them, they not, not ever have been told that you can fish. You're standing in the glory of Christ. You can fish. And you can fish wide open. And so the first night, on Friday night, we got together and it was, uh, we unpacked where Adam and Eve had the biggest uh-oh ever. <laughs> you remember that? You know, God's taking them through the garden. He says, man, you can have all of this, but don't have that one. Right? The tree. And they crunched. And it really was the biggest uh-oh ever. And they started to hide. And they did hide, right? And this is what I love about God. Because how many of us ever have this term? God, where are you in this? Anyone? Yeah, me too. God, where, what has happened? Where are you in this crazy? But Adam and Eve, they didn't ask that. They never asked where God was. They heard Him coming, and God asked, where are you? You see, God loves to be with you. He knew where they were, physically. But He, I believe, wanted them to hear His voice coming after Him, after them and saying, where are you? I know it's an uh-oh. But the first act of grace came from him when he got the animal, killed it, spilled the blood, clothed them, set them out of the garden, and said, this will change, and we got to move on. So in that, we asked the kids, and this is what I want you to share with just someone right beside you real quick. What was your loneliest moment ever in life? What's the thought that comes to you? Now, the kids have got a head start on you. So think about that just for a second and share that with someone. I'll give you an example. Mine was traveling. That's what I shared with the kids. I used to travel in corporate America, and the, the hotels and the travel in the cities look like real glitz and glamour, but at one point in the evening, everyone goes home, and the door in that hotel room closes, and it's stinking lonely. So that's what I shared. Share with someone next to you what your lonely moment is. So you see how we're all on common ground. We've all experienced loneliness. Now what that is, and we unpacked it with the kids, lonely is, is the lack of knowing that you're connected with someone in relationship. 
It's the lack of knowing that you're connected with someone in relationship. And so what happens a lot of time is that if I'm faking it with you, if I'm saying yes when I really mean no, there's not a true connection because you're being fake. And so you can't have a connection with someone when what you're presenting is not the real you. And so we said, all right, let's move forward in this loneliness and let's on Friday night, and it was awesome <laughs> how we ended it because we said God wants to erase all doubt that you would ever have to be alone. And the, and the doubt eraser is Jesus Christ. And that Jesus came so that we would never be alone again. It's in Matthew. If you do have a book or a screen, you can look at it. This is after Jesus has been with the boys, with the gang. He's been on the cross. He has emptied the tomb. And He is about to send, ascend back to the Father. It's in Matthew 28, verse 20. Matthew 28, verse 20. And He says, be sure. He says right at the first, He's saying, look, teach these new disciples. Teach these new disciples all of my commands. And at the end he says, Be sure and know that I am with you always. Be sure and know that I am with you always. And we asked the question to the gang, How do you know he's with you always? And if you're not sure, gang, and here's where I want you to courageously, I want you to courageously, I want you to courageously set yourself free in this moment because they did is that how many of you, if at one time if someone came up to you and says, how can I be sure that Jesus is with me always, would you be able to answer that question? And if you can't, would you please raise your hand? That night, boom, hands go up. What about in here? How many of you would shake in your shoes if someone came to you and said, hey, uh, Bilbo, how... How can I be sure of that, man? I'm kind of hearing you talk about this Jesus cat, and I think I kind of want to get to know who he is, and how is he with me always? Who would love to know how to be able to share that with someone? Raise your hand. Amen. Lots of hands. Amen. You're about to get to. <laughs> Y'all ready for the chant? Him within? Come on, let's do it. Him with 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 what does that mean? Him within. So Holy Spirit of Christ is with you always. When you said yes to Him, He comes into you. And so right now, if you had a pen, I'd ask you what I asked the kids Saturday morning. We're going to roll into Saturday morning. And I said, you know, if anyone ever asked you where God lives, what you would tell them? Right here. I'm his favorite address. He loves living in me. It's 1 Corinthians. Let's go there. You got to see this. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. You got it? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. This is Paul. He says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with the high price, so you must honor God with your body. And right before that, we didn't go over that this this particular weekend, but I will here. Right before that, there's just a whole lot of junk that Paul's talking about. Hey, you just need to get rid of all that. You know, it's just talking about sexual immorality, just all the stuff. And what I believe he's talking about here is he's saying, look, after he mentions those, he says, don't you realize? Have you forgotten? Let me remind you that all of those things of the world that you're pulling for to fill that hole in your heart, don't you realize that it's God, that it's Christ within you that will fill that? You're the, you're the body, you're the holy temple of the living God. That fills you. Let Him fill your heart. Believe it. So we went on in that, and then we started the chant again. You want to do it again? Mm. Now everybody join in. You know how to do it now, right? Him within. Come on. Him within. Him within. Him within. Oh, yeah. You are good. Now, the thing is, is do you pastillo? Do you believe that? And the thing is, is when a world sees that, they want to see the, the Christ that's alive in us before they'll believe Him. Alright, so that gets us to Saturday. And this is where we're going to unpack this a little bit more. I've got to pick the pace up. If you believe loneliness is good or bad, raise your hand. Uh, if you believe loneliness is good, raise your hand. Your hands go up. If you believe loneliness is bad, raise your hand. Yeah, it can be both. Now, men, ladies... How many of us, whenever you're in your car and you see the yellow light come on the dashboard, you get a post-it note and put it over the yellow light? <laughs> yeah. Man, we had this big Toyota Sequoia. We nicknamed it the Beast. And at times, there was a couple of yellow lights in that thing. It would just drive me nuts. I just didn't believe them. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to believe them and Deb goes hey that yellow light's on and so I'd get post-it notes and just kind of strategically have a note on there pretending it was a note but I was ignoring it then the yellow turns to red that's the same way with our emotional state that God has blown into us on purpose and so many times what we do as a people especially in settings like this, or when we're in a body of Christ and, and stuff's going on and everybody's fine. Everybody's just good. And then we wake up Monday morning and see that everybody's not fine. Everybody's not good. And so that's us as a people putting a post-it note over our emotional dashboard. God's given you those emotions for a reason to talk to us about something that, hey, I want you to pull over and check this out. And a lot of times in our pulling over, as we started unpacking, how do we live life with God and with others in a safe way? And so we asked the kids, we said, um, did you ever think that Jesus' dashboard ever flashed? What about for us? How did Jesus deal with His dashboard flashing? 
Have you ever thought about that? Let's look. Go over to Matthew chapter 26. By this time, what we're going to see, it's Passover week. Jesus has been teaching, and He's been letting the guys know constantly what's going to go down. You remember the scene when He was washing feet and Peter recoiled? You guys remember that? No, Lord. And Jesus said, you don't really realize. You don't, you don't really realize what I'm doing. So He just kept teaching. Kept coaching them up. Kept loving them through it. And they're finishing up. And Jesus lets them all know that everyone's going to leave Him. But Peter goes, no way. And I don't think he said it that soft. I believe he was chest out, shoulders back. No way, Lord! No! That's not how this is going to go down. I am with you. Father, I'll be with you if I have to die. And Jesus just looks at him and He says, man, the rooster's going to crow on you three times. And you'll be gone. But He still didn't believe it. You see, Jesus, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He's with you always. And so the boys finish and they're leaving and He sets His shoulders towards that. And He starts to go. And so let's look at the scene. It said that Jesus went with them. Now the them would be like in our... um, I'm social media illiterate. I really am. I'm kind of glad I am. I mean, it's just zooming by me. But I do know enough to know that the guys that he was traveling with, they would be his faves on his Instagram. You know, can you imagine Jesus' Twitter feed? (laughs) Seven billion likes. (laughs) He would be blowing them up, wouldn't he? This would be his inner circle that he's going with. He's going with. And he asked them, hey, fellas, I need you to go with me. And so here they go. And so Jesus went with them, that's his guys, to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Dashboards flashing. Yellow light's coming on. 38. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. It means to stay alert with me. So he's saying, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. His dashboard now is full out flashing. And guys, he's admitting it. The weight of everything that we were about eternity's weight of sin is starting to come in on our Lord. And it's crushing Him. And He doesn't post it note and say, I got it, boys. I'm okay. I'm fine. He doesn't say that. 39. He went on a little farther and bowed with His face to the ground. Gang, He was on the ground. Father, is there any other way? I'm willing, 
But I'm just wanting to check. Could there possibly be some other way for us to do this? And so he's creating a connection with his Father. With God. With others. He's doing it all in the garden. Then he returned. <laughs> and I love, I love this. Then he returned to the disciples and found them snoozing. Lord have mercy. Sleepers. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even an hour? 41. He asked again, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Boy, amen. How many of us feel that? Everything within us wants to, but we don't. Right? We can relate. 42, Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, Your will be done. 43, When He returned to them again, He found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. Now, gang... How many of us, if that would have been us, if that's me, I'll just, I'll just keep my little circle here. If that's me, I'm unfollowing every one of them. I'm blocking their numbers. You're not going to be able to text me anymore. And then I'm going to start subtweeting the heck out of you. Hey, for anyone who is sleepy town, wouldn't we? We would just be ripping them. But not Jesus. He... he he goes on and he says for a third time he's connecting with, with the Father. Lord, I just want to make sure. I'm willing. But I just want to make sure. And then he came to the disciples and said, man, y'all go ahead and sleep. He released them. And I think we can learn a lot from that gang with our relationships with others in the body of Christ that, that may have different thoughts than what you may have on particular things. Jesus trumps everything. I don't care what your political views are. I don't care what your denominational views are. All I care about is how Jesus thinks and loves you. That's it. And that if you live, we say this a lot. If we live enough life with each other, we're going to get ripping mad at one another. But it's how that top relationship that we show to a world that I'm going to hang in there with you through this chaos. I'm not going to let that separate us. And I say this, sometimes the best place for me to love you is from a distance. <laughs> I'm going to release you, <laughs> and I'm going that way. Right? It's safe. And so then he came to the disciples, said, go to sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hand of sinners. And we know the rest of the story, right? And I think we glaze over that. He emptied the tomb. He emptied the tomb. <laughs> he emptied the earth. It's not like breaking news. It's the news of all time for eternity so that He could be with you. He wanted to erase anything that you had to do in order to be with Him, so He did it so He could be with you forever. In the discussion, end of story, it's on Him. It'll never be on you. If it was up to us, gang, we'll never get in. We'll never be secure in that. Jesus says, I've got this. I'm with you always. 
And so we asked this question to the kids, and this is where I want you guys to share with one another. Who's your others? Who are the others in your life that you can call when chaos hits? When, when grief is just crushing in on you? Share it with someone. Are they in the room? If they're in the room, would you please let them know that before you leave? Text them. Let them know, hey, I'm about to share things with you that I've not ever shared before. I'm getting free from me because I've been hiding from you and I want to be with you because you love Jesus, I do too, and we're going to figure out how to do that together and not fake it with each other anymore. I'm going to give you one minute to share that with somebody. That is, that is courageous for us to do. Heroic, really. That if you don't have someone on your list that you're safe with and you want to start developing that, we'll help you. doesn't necessarily going to be us, me. could be. But I'm very thankful that as I look around the room, there's a lot of folks in here that I, I, would, I just call them bunker mates. That when crazy happens, gang, and it does, I don't necessarily cause all the crazy. I cause a lot of it. <laughs> I really do. I cause a lot of chaos in my world. And so even if I've caused it or if I haven't, there's a lot of guys that I can call and say, man, I need you in the bunker. And I'm thankful that most of them say, man, I never left. I've been with you. So you'll never know until you place yourself out there to ask that, okay? So I'm asking that you do that. We'll help you connect with folks that are like-hearted. Homes are opening up like crazy. What we're going to do as we finish up, you'll see in, I think, in the back corners, you may have to come out from behind that, is that it's the Lord's Supper. And we have learned here that the very first time that we did this as a body of Christ, it was actually called Love Feast. And they would look like our potluck dinners, but the, the Lord's Supper was in the midst of that. And everyone brought what they had. Since we're in this setting, what this represents is that it represents God being with us always. And that's why we participate. And that He is coming back. That He is coming again. Okay? And so how this particular way is set up is that you're in, you participate when you say yes to Jesus. You said yes to Jesus. You're secure in Him. And so you participate. And how we do here on this particular night is that you'll take the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and we talked about Passover. 
You remember the first time that we talked about the, the animal that God uh, killed? And that was happening to kind of think that God was with you always through the sacrificial system that was set up. Jesus' body, sacrificed body, satisfies that once for all. That's why the body, the bread represents the body. That's why the cup represents the blood. Blood represents life. The two together, when we say those, we are believing that Jesus is coming again and that we are connected with Him always. If you've not ever taken that because of your behavior, let this be the first night that you do. You'll never take it if you've based it on your behavior, ever. Jesus Christ emptied the tomb and He said, it is finished, to tell us die. Let Jesus carry it. He already has, gang. He already has. And so I'm going to pray for us. Gang's going to come up and do what they do. And as we do this, allow yourself to be with others. Allow yourself to be with God and pray through, Father, who are those in my life that I can be with outside of this room? This is, outside of this room is where life happens. Who are those men that we can deliberately live life with to help do what Jesus said He has come to do, and that is to help the blind see? To release the captives and free the oppressed. And let a world see that you know that God is with you always as you travel through. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Him within moments. I thank You for folks that for their life, they just lay their heart out on the line each and every day. Lord, so that they can see and, and feel the heart of another one when they're ready. And so, God, we thank You for this moment. We love You for emptying the tomb for us so that we can stand in Your glory. Father, that we can live lives that are so wide open that people take notice of the You in us flowing out in our homes first, Father, in our schools, and Lord, at work. And so it's in Christ's name that we offer this time back to You. In His name, Amen.